Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Nice to see Gary and Wendy. Why, why would you want to be in Florida this time of year anyway? This is the place to be. And that's Joni back there from South Carolina. What the heck? Well, actually, you're from Calgary, but you're temporarily in South Carolina. I want to welcome everybody to church. I was just thinking about this group, the, the groups because uh, we learn when we're together in lines like this, but we grow together when we're in circles, when we can interact with people and have people pray for us. And on Friday night, I was invited, well, last Sunday, Jay invited me to, he said, just, this has been burning my heart. Would you like come to our small group and pray with us for healing? And I said, I would love to. And on Friday night, we went to their small group and it was so cool. Why don't you come up for just a second, Jay? This is Jay. Him and Natalie help with our pantry department. You want to welcome him? <laughs> and one of the things I was so impressed with, Jay is an urban planner, right? Yes. You are, yes, yeah. Yes. So what's happened in the last few months for you? Like, like asking us to pray and believing for healing and that sort of stuff. Like, what's happened? You know, God's been really at work in, I think, the church in general. <clears throat> Sorry, mm-hmm. I'll, hold it, I'll hold it like this. Yeah, yeah. And, um, in, and in our small group as well, it's been really amazing to see how he's led us all through a, sort of a little bit of a, a path of, uh, uh, how would you say, uh, tr- maybe a little bit of trial for myself. Sure. <clears throat> Um, I, uh, uh, you know, a year ago I was not in a, uh, not in the best state in terms of like, uh, w- I'm wondering where God wanted me. And, um, we were, uh, in, in the spiritual battles that were really being fought around me. And I was really feeling like a, a sense of, uh, a bit of oppression there. And, um, we were in our small group, we were talking about, um, <clears throat> spiritual warfare, and mm-hmm. we are really diving into it. And it's a mm-hmm. deep topic, for very, sure. Very deep. And, um, you know, it was, was, was really changing for me uh, as, a, as a person in our small group. And uh, we were able to go from being, I, I went from being, why, God, why, why can't you listen to my prayer? Why can't you do things for me? I have these goals and I have these objectives that I want to do, and they just didn't come together. Mm-hmm. And through the, the uh, and, and the devil is really trying to keep us sort of focused on the why rather yeah. than focusing on, hey, I have a plan. Yeah. You know, God has a plan for all of us he out does. there. Yes. And um, that's was, I think, the big turning point. And you've grown, uh, for, you've grown. For, like the, the, yes, the leader, yes. you were Travis Michelle's group. Right. And, right. and on Friday yes. night, they said, we can't believe the amount of growth in you and Natalie. Yes, that's true. Right? It's been, it's been awesome. It's and, been awesome. And, and it's been good. It's been great. The Holy Spirit has had a huge work in my life, in my wife's life, but also in our small group. It's been, it's been really amazing. So if you, I'm going to do a little pitch here. Okay. Get involved to a small group. Right. Where you can pray and where you can interact and share with others. It's absolutely and get involved, too, in, in volunteering, too. It's, it's, it's really great. It's really, really fantastic. Give, give that to Phoenix. <laughs> never, never saw that coming. That's great. Hey, we have Bibles for sale. Uh, the one-year Bibles are out in the foyer. You can get them at the information desk. And the whole, the whole point of church and church life is to see people's lives changed. 
And that's not going to change for us. I have a very specific word I want to share on January the 1st, and it'll be online uh, for you to tune in for that, please. So thank you, Travis Michelle, for opening up your home Friday night and the other nights, and just such a blessing to watch people like Jay and Natalie grow. Just so, so encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, and I, the, these are, it's okay, this weather is great. If you're having hot flashes, <laughs> it's excellent for those. I want to welcome everybody online, wherever you are. And it's still surprising to me that people watch um, online and attend and online. And so that's very, very exciting for me. Um, I want to just, uh, I, I've titled my message Christmas Carol. Um, but I want to just address, first of all, the, the, the point again that we live between two advents. And this is very, very important for me. Understanding that we all know, and it's all very clear, and it's a historical fact that Jesus came. And there was at least 300 prophecies that he would come. And there is at least 800 that says he's coming again. Now, one of the issues, and I've, this is why I'm just putting in a plug for us being students of Scripture. Uh, I've been known, I don't mind when my food touches does anybody, does, is anybody fussy about if their food touches or not? There's, there's a few. You all are? No, you're not. No, very few are. But is there a few over here too? You don't like your food touching? You don't like your food touching? Well, I've been known to uh, like mush everything up. Now, what happens, mom used to say, it's going to the same place. Um, but uh, other than at Christmas time when you have those jellos, those green jellos, and then your potatoes turn green. Um, but I'll take for this morning, in the morning when I have uh, my toast, I'll take peanut butter and honey, mix it all up, and then smash bananas in it. And then just laugh, laugh while well, you double butter your toast. You don't single butter toast. You want it running through onto your hands. That's the, that's, that's the real stuff, right? And then, <clears throat> and then you lather on the peanut butter and honey and banana. Here's what I think happens to us when we're reading scriptures. We read through the scriptures, and there's a number of things about the second coming that are kind of blended together, and it's sort of hard to sort them out. For, for me, it's hard to sort them out. Maybe you're sharper than me. But there's a number of events that are about to take place, and, and, and when we read about the first coming, a friend to us, a son is born. Uh, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. What a profound statement. That a son was given. Unto us. Who is the us? Don't answer that. But think about it. Unto us. And then it says the government will be on his shoulders. It's all in, all in the same verse. Um, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The, the first two happened a couple thousand years ago. The next part that the government will be on his shoulders is yet to happen. I just want to reassure you that he's coming again. But when we read through, when I, don't, when I read through the scriptures... I find that there are things like the millennium and the first coming and the second coming and perhaps the rapture, the hapazzo, the catching away. You may not believe in that. I'm just, I'm just taking the first trip out. Now, now you just, there's some verses when I come across them, I, okay, you know, what does that mean? What's that for? And you really have to ask the author. The Bible's the only book that the author helps you read. You really have to ask him to help you to sift and sort those out. Even when he refers to the church or Zion and Israel, and it, they're all a bit mushed together. I just want to remind us that we live in days that are getting darker 
and we need the light more than we've ever needed it before. We're talking about the light of the world. And, and, and the same light, the same sunbeams that, that, that cause birds to sing cause rats to scurry. And the, and, and the indictment is this, is that the light has come, but men love dark men and women. Humanity loves darkness more than light. And, and if we're not careful, we will not allow the light to reveal the days in which we are living in. And I would just ask us as we, don't, don't just read <clears throat> through the Bible. Meditate on this word. Re- read it until it begins reading you. And, and allow it, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> let's just get this over with. <clears throat> Can I have my water, please? <laughs> Thanks. But just allow it, as you're reading, thank you, just allow it to penetrate the dark places in your hearts, and we all have them. And I'm just saying that more than ever, one of the key qualities of the end days, the, the, these days will be deception. We need the light of revelation more than ever before. And I'm going to try to explain a little bit of this. Um, we were, uh, I, was, I was speaking at uh, the Samaritan's Purse um, chapel service in, on, in the morning, uh, Friday morning, and um, they wanted me to come up with my favorite um, k- Christmas carol and what it meant to me. And, there's, you know, there's some, there, 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 there's some strange songs being sung on the radio about Christmas, right? And, um, and you've got to sort of sort them out. But I personally love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. My dad used to, my grandma used to say that when, you're, when, when my father would sing at the school uh, recital, they would sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Carter's Pills Are Just the Thing, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, Two for an Adult, One for a Child. <laughs> he was naughty. <laughs> but, but, but I love that line where it says, God and sinners reconciled. And, and, and when we sing, O Holy Night, and in his name all oppression shall cease. This is so much more powerful than Dominic the, the donkey or a little drummer boy or something like that. But um, it's such a profound thing that's happened. Samaritan's Purse, by the way, uh, this year will hand out its 200 millionth box. And that, and that started here in Calgary. What a profound thing. Isn't that amazing? Last year, they planted over 1,000 churches because of the, school, the, uh, the shoe boxes. And there's over 6,800 6, first-time decisions a week among the kids that receive those boxes. Profound. What an incredible work they're doing here in Calgary. Um, uh, the other favorite of mine is Mary, did you know? And I want to talk about Mary a little bit this morning, and I want to... I want to poke around in, and begin in uh, Psalm chapter 139. And I'm going to read from the, today's Passion Translation, verse 11 and 12. It's impossible to disappear from you. This is interesting. Who, when we try to hide, well, we all try to hide. When you try to hide from the Lord, just remember this. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into night. There's no such thing as darkness to you. The night to you is as bright as day. There's no difference between the two. What a profound statement. You can read that in a few different versions. I find it very profound. John chapter 1, 
refers to how, how he, when, when Jesus came um, in the beginning, was the word. In the beginning was the word. The pre-existent word. But it, it existed before anything was the word. So, some of the Hebrew scholars, they, they believe that Genesis chapter 1, when it says, and God said, it could mean, and God sang. That creation was sung. Why is that important? I want to talk about worship this morning and the power of worship. And it says of the light, this is the light, the one who is the true light, because there's false lights, who gives light to everyone, was going to come into the world. But although the word world was made through him, the world did not recognize him when he came. Why? Because they didn't have lights until the light came. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. That's not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. The miraculous thing that we can be born again by the Spirit of God is possible now because of Christmas. I want to just um, talk about light just a little bit here. The, I, I, I wondered to myself, why, why do we call Christmas songs carols? Has that been anybody's question? Maybe not. It's all fine for you, maybe. It was, I was curious about that. The word carol um, comes from a French word, apparently, which, which means uh, to circle with songs of praise and joy and dancing. It's like a whole body experience. Mary had a whole body experience, obviously. But when we sing Christmas carols, they're not meant to be sang. They're meant to be used as avenues of joy and praise and worship. You can sing Christmas songs or else you can worship. The, the difference is we, when we connect our heart and our beliefs to what's taking place in the song. Because many songs have, of the Christmas carols anyway have profound uh, theological Meaning Psalm 27, uh, which is one of my life psalms, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Is, is he your light? How do we make that work? One, one of the other words for light, John, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, he, Jesus was saying, he said, now, you are the light of the world, that is like a city on a hill. Don't hide your light. He, he's, he's referring to our works, the things that we do, how the light and our actions are intertwined together. Some of the things you do, the giving, the caring, the loving, the work, that, that actually is bringing light when it's motivated by the spirit of God and a spirit of love and the spirit of goodness and kindness. Light can mean teaching or enlightenment. When light comes, you've got, you've got the light inside of you. When it comes to a scripture, you know because something ignites in you. It also can mean presence. We're told, it, so light has a lot of meaning, but one of the, one of the uh, uh, words is, is connected to presence, the light of your countenance. This is, this is profound for us because to sing about light and not personify light somehow in our life would be wasting the season. Just my thoughts. That Christmas is about Jesus is undisputed. Uh, I'm fascinated this year by the prophetic fulfillment of the word. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, um, it says, and all this, these, well, let me just, why don't I, I got the book. You all got your books, right? 
Swords drawn. And all this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah. All this happened to fulfill the word. The word is being fulfilled today, right now. All around us right now, the word is being fulfilled still. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this prophetic fulfillment. In Daniel chapter 7, those of you who read, reading through the Bible in a year, you'll, you'll, when you read through Daniel chapter 7, it says specifically where he's going to come, how he's going to come, who he's going to come to, and what time he's coming. All, all in, in, in that one chapter. I, I don't know if that fascinates you, but it fascinates me. Do you know, if you read uh, Psalm 22 about how Jesus would die, this was, this was written 700 years before it, it says Jesus, how he's going to die, he's going to be crucified. But this is 700 years before cru- crucifixion had been invented. It was invented by the Romans. In the, the, the Israelites would use, for capital punishment, stoning. So this was... If you, can, if you can believe it, it was prophesied 700 years before crucifixion was even a form of capital punishment. The Word of God is so sensational and so filled with profound thoughts about, not that he came, but he's coming again. The one who was in the beginning, holds, who holds the whole world in his hands and the universe in his pocket, is now in the womb of a teenager. We hardly would trust our old Oldsmobile to a teenager, let alone <laughs> salvation of the world. I'm impressed with that, that God would trust a teenager. I, no, I am. She, was, she would have been a teenager, could have been as young as 12, probably, you know, somewhere, but she was a teenager, and so was Joseph. Um, I have a lot of questions, more questions, but the, this epic entrance, hardly the entrance of a king. But, but when you read that genealogy in chapter 1 of Matthew, and it refers to the 14 generations and the 14 generations and the 14 generations, when you add those sevens up, 14, two sevens, next 14, two sevens, the next 14, two sevens, what would, and seven's the number of perfection, what would Jesus be? The seventh seven the 49th that was about to go into, because the year of rest, the year of jubilee, the 49th was about to enter the 50th. He is our rest. Um, Reading through Revelation, 22 chapters, 17 times the word throne is mentioned. I was talking to someone this week who thought that Jesus was an interesting historical figure. I said, yeah, but but he's more than an interesting historical figure. He's the savior of the world. Uh, I could argue that, I said, I suppose. But it's unarguable because he was, he was the mighty God. I love when we were watching uh, Michael Bublé, especially the other day, when Michael Bublé sang, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. He closed his eyes, and I thought, oh, he's worshiping. He's not just singing. Because I heard Mariah Carey sing it a week before. And she was concerned with her pitch. But from my perspective, felt like Michael Bubbly was worshiping. I listened for that. The claim that, that Jesus is God gives us the greatest hope possible that this world is not all there is. 
Evil will be abolished one day, and there's life and love after death, despite our unending failures. That God would live among us and not demand moral purity to merit a relationship with him is mind-blowing. The God of moralism would not have bothered with Christmas. He knows that we can't get to him. So he doesn't send a committee. He doesn't send a preacher. He comes himself. The ideal has become real. Emmanuel breaks the binaries. The incarnation is not just history-altering. It's paradigm-shattering. The incarnation, God with us, God. God. From, from a throne to a cradle, ultimately to a cross, back to the throne now, seated at the right hand of the Father. So much before the story. One year, I don't know if you remember or not, but I was, I was, uh, I had, the sermon was on the, the story you thought you knew, and I was asking questions. And so I asked the question, how many virgins were there in the Christmas story? A little fellow just in the front here said, Three! We better read the. We better read it again. Obviously, he was probably thinking of Yon John, Yon John Virgin. Maybe he was thinking of a Christmas Carol or something. He got wrong, but I thought three really, mother and child. Yon John Virgin, mother and child. Her response. Let's just hold on here. Uh, Mary's response is what I want to talk about now. When we look at chapter one of Luke, and same Gabriel, same Gabriel that appeared to Daniel appeared to Zechariah appears to Mary, and it was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. If you, if you read, if, if, as you're reading through the book of Luke, right at the beginning it says, many people have written accounts about the events that took place, and among these, uh, they used as their source material the reports circulating among us from the early disciples and other eyewitnesses uh, of what God has done to fulfill his promises. I kind of like that. There was lots of information in the first and second century, if you wanted to record something, lots of information. But what was recorded was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when it says something, you should listen. So he says something interesting here. Uh, for me, I'm reading, it goes, the sixth month of Elizabeth. Why is, why is that a big deal? So I re- when I read the scripture, I have a piece of paper beside me. And I go, hmm, six. And it's just kind of nothing sort of happens until a little later on. And a little later on, we're going to get to that. Why is six important? Well, we'll, we'll have a look. But it says that the angel appeared and said, greatly favored woman, the Lord is with you. Uh, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I just want to read that from the ESV here. That word, um, she tried to figure out, but she was greatly troubled about the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this was. The word discern, or in in the um, Passion Translation, it says bewildered. It's an accounting term, and it means audit. So what he means, what it means is that what she was doing, she wasn't just uh, bewildered, but what she was doing, she's weighing out what's about to happen. She's counting like an auditor would, an accountant would. She's counting. She's adding. She's calculating. And, and she's trying to figure out what implication is this going to have for me. This is what it would probably mean. Now, I would have thought at this point, because she's implicating Joseph, she should have called her husband. This is what I thought her husband to be. Because not only should husbands listen to their wives, I mean, it should go both ways. Am I right? Did any man, any husband say amen? Anybody? She's quiet in this Pentecostal church. (laughs) 
She knew what was going to happen, so it was pretty clear, clear what was going to happen, but she was confused about how it was going to happen. And this is for many of us the big deal, that the Lord wants to do something in your life you probably know deep in your heart. The question is how. How is, it, how is this going to work? And so this isn't a question of unbelief, because you probably have a promise in your life that the Lord has said to you, I'm going to bless your seed, or I'm going to prosper you in some way, or I'm going to, or, or something's going to happen in your family, and your question may not be the what. It's probably more, how, how are you going to do that? Because that's more the issue for us, is the process. So she, she knew what, she didn't know how. And so he uses this profound word. Uh, first of all, when the angel talks, um, this is your homework, how many titles does he give to Jesus in, in these few verses? Because he, he lays out at least five titles of who he would be, this son that she was going to have. Confused and disturbed, she tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel said. God's decided to bless you. You're going to become pregnant and have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. That's the first one. And then, but, but, but um, let me read from um, the ESV where she goes. And the angel said, don't be afraid. You found favor. Behold, you'll conceive, bear a son. Now, it gets into a bit of biology here for her and for us. And you'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, it's going to be the son of David, and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Mary says, how will this be, how's this going to work? How? Wow, okay, cool. How? We can, how's this going to work? And he uses this profound word. He says that the Holy Spirit, how's this going to happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's used two other times in the New Testament. Once at the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, once, when, sorry, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, when the, the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God, would come over the Holy of Holy, over the, uh, the tabernacle, in, into the tabernacle, pardon me, over the Ark of the Covenant. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. You understand that this is all part of what's happening to you and I now. Right? The, the power of the Most High is overshadowing you and I now. At, at, at Jay and Travis's healing night, as we went to pray for pe people, what was going on? The power of the Most High was overshadowing. And you can tell when the level gets higher and higher and higher. Two weeks ago, maybe three, I can't remember, when the altar was full, it, it, the more people we ministered to, the, the power of the Most High began to overshadow more and more and more. Why? Because of the agreement and the pull on heaven. Heaven and nature were singing. The, Okay, so um, I wonder if she was like me and thought that faith would take away pain and disappointment and chaos. I wonder. Or if it maybe meant more like, maybe faith means more like this, you're not going to be alone. I wonder. I, I would have thought, you know, just so happy to get rid of 2022 and I'm looking so forward to 2023. But I thought pain or faith would remove some of the confusion but what it consistently did for me is reminded me that I was not alone. That, was, that, that for me meant everything. I wanna, so, so what happens when you have an encounter? What's your response? Be, because um, 2023 is going to be the year of encounter for me. 
I am, I am going to contend for greater and greater encounters with the Most High. I want him to overshadow our gatherings like never before. I'm kind of tired with frosted flakes. I want muesli. That's a bad, that's a really bad, that's, 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 that's not even helpful, that right there. I'm going to come back to my notes. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but, but, but what happens? What happens? What, what's the, what's the, the natural response of an encounter? Here's what the natural response is. Worship. You, you can't help if you've had a proper encounter with the Lord. You can't help but overflow with praise and thanksgiving. You can't help it. Mary, um, you, you, can, you can read her, her response. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. I want to see if I can find it in the Passion Translation. It's so powerful where he says her response was, no one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Um, um, her, her, her choice affects Joseph's life. All of, all of, we're ne- none of us are islands. Every one of our choices affects those we're connected with. And um, this wasn't a dream. This was a real encounter. I think angelic... At the turn of every epoch or era, there's always angelic encounters. You're going to see in just a minute that... I think we're on the edge of the shift of seasons, of eras and epochs. That's what I think. She becomes concerned with the mechanics. What's going on? We have, we, me and Joseph are committed to purity. And they've, they've, they've committed to keeping themselves pure during this engagement. They're committed to a sacred relationship. But this is going to be different. They're not going to have to break that commitment. The power of the Most High. How's this going to work? Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And... Um, and I just want to let this story sink in a little bit. Because now he's given the how. This is how it's going to work. And so he's waiting for her reply. The angel is Gabe, the messenger. Ripped. Big. I stand in the presence of God, he says in the, earlier in the chapter. I, 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 I'm, I'm, it's not one of the casual messengers. I'm like Gabriel, one of the big three. He, so I want this to sink in because, because the, the, the angel now is waiting for her response, just like he's waiting for your and my response. Every time he comes and visits us, every time we read the word and the Holy Spirit begins to overshadow us, now he wants our response. The Lord will never impose his will upon you. The devil will try when you feel pushed. But, but when we know the Lord, he leads us. He's as a shepherd. He leads us. The enemy will try and push you. The Lord won't. He, 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 neither, neither God nor the devil or any angel have the ability to force their opinions on you. You get to choose. Remember, repeat this. My life, my choice. It's always like that. It doesn't change. Now, so he's waiting. All right. And he's wanting to know, are you in, are you out? What's going to happen? Are you going to play? Because heaven's waiting. Will you cooperate? Eternity is calling. And it hinges on the response of an ordinary Jewish teenage girl. And what does she do? 
if you read the story, it's called the Magnificat, because, which is the first line in Latin goes like this, uh, Magnificat anima mia dominum, 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 dominum. She, what, what she says, what, here's what she's saying. Uh, in, the, in the King James, it says, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, you can't make God bigger. You can't magnify him. But you can magnify his experience in you. And he says, my, now my soul, because she, she's figured out what's going to happen. The power of God's going to do this. Well, what's my part? Your part is to accept the challenge. This is the same with you and I in this season. Um, she, she, she can't contain this. And, and what she starts to do, if you read through the scripture, you can, the, the Magnificat, and what she breaks forth in worship. And, and as she does, here's what she's doing, because she's hidden the word in her heart. She requotes scriptures from the Old Testament. It all starts to come out. Um, did I put them in here? Oh, I had them all laid out. Sorry, I don't. But, there, but, but, but the, her, the, the word, she's hid the word in the heart. Do you ever, have you ever around somebody when they're praying and all of a sudden the word just starts coming out? It's because they hid the word in their heart. Here's what, here's what we got to do. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. He's the helper. So you got to give him some material to work with. <laughs> so what do we do? Is we take the word and we hide it in our heart. So when we open our mouth and we begin to pray or begin to prophesy or we begin to whatever dialogue, something comes out that's weighted and grounded in truth. So she's, what's she doing? She's re-quoting Old Testament scriptures. And she says, I just need to scoot along here. Um, the baby's going to be named before he's conceived. And, and if you read through the, the, the first, uh, so, oh, how I praise the Lord, how I rejoice in my Savior. So she, gives, she says eight things about he has, all these things he has done. What's she doing? She's remembering all the things that God has done for her and about to do for her, and she's declaring them into her future. But you, you just read it. This is what happens when we have an encounter. This is why it's good to write out a song after you've had an encounter or write out what just happened. And she begins to declare that. And all the things that he has done, there's eight he has's. And then the question might, might, it might happen, it might come to our, you know, little brains like this. He has because, only because, she has. Do you get it? If she didn't say yes, let it be unto me. If she doesn't say that, he's not able to do what he wants to do. Are you listening to me? He needs our cooperation. Someone show you. He, he needs our amen to his yes. So, someone needs to put a little meme out. Before we overthink, we need to pray. And as we're praying, we've got to start to praise. It'll answer all the questions. Uh, I, I need to move along. But he, it's eight times. He has because she has. Uh, verse 47, he's saved her. He's chosen her. He's regarded her. He's mighty for her. And he's merciful towards her. In verse 26, uh, we, where, where it says that uh, in six months from this, and then it says in verse 56, Mary stayed with, with Elizabeth three months more, then went back to her home. But put together, please, six and three for me. What do we have? What's going, what happens in nine months? Jesus' cousin is born, the forerunner, and Mary is there. 
It says, it says at this point, it says at this point, uh, let me get, I, I, um, she's not going to leave. It doesn't say that she, but she's not going to leave when your water just broke. Okay, I'm going home. <laughs> it doesn't say it. I, I, I'm, I'm implying. What happened? She's there for John's birth. And then, and then what happens after that? Let me just get my second last point, third sub point, and then I'll wrap up. Zechariah's prophecy includes four, four things that's going to happen. Uh, because, because when, when, Abraham, or when um, Zechariah, now his tongue gets loose, and then his father Zechariah, when, when John's born, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he gave this prophecy. What happened? You may as well say, in many verses and say, and then he worshipped, or he sang. What happens when you've had an encounter, and you've seen a fulfillment of God's promise? What are you going to do? Natural thing, Lord. And he begins to prophesy. And he, he, begins, he says four things about Jesus. I don't think that he's specifically speaking about his son here. Why? Because it starts off by saying, he has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David. Uh, they were from the Aaronic line, from the Levitical priesthood. Jesus is the only one from the line of David. And he says four things. What would, what would he be? He's prophesying this. He's going to open prison doors. He's going to win, win, a battle, win battles. He's going to cancel all of our debts. And it's going to be the dawning of a new day. What's that mean? Sunrise for a new era. You and I are living now in that age. The splendor, of, the splendor lights of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation. The word from heaven will come upon us with dazzling light. John says that. Uh, and, and, and so then he, he's doing the same thing. He's quoting Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 59. Now everybody, Elizabeth's filled with the Spirit. Zachariah's filled with the Spirit. John was filled with the Spirit in the womb. What do you got? You got a Spirit-filled home. Let's contend for nothing less than Spirit-filled homes. Everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, um, ah. So it's important, I think, to note that the process of his season of silence ended when he couldn't talk himself out of the miracle of a son being born. I'm going to welcome the worship team to come back up. He echoes the hopes of many to remove the oppression, the tyranny of the nation. Um, I'd like to just make a quick mention of later on in, in the story, Anna and Simeon, um, the same thing. They've been waiting. They've been waiting for the advent. And, and it says of them, it's a beautiful picture, um, if you have some time, read this as part of your story this season. Um, he, basically, what Simeon says, I can die now because I've seen the light. I've seen the light of salvation. It, it said that, that day the Spirit led him into the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present, them, present baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms. I, it's kind of interesting to me. Sometimes when people come in, they hand me their babies. But sometimes, like little Cohen here, he goes, Mama. He walks, into the, he walks into the temple. He's been going there all his life. So is Anna. Here's what, here's what it says of Anna. It says she was, well, why don't I read it? Um, he took the child. It says um, Joseph and Mary were, were amazed. And Anna, a prophet, um, let me just read. She came along just as Simeon was taking, was talking with Mary and Joseph and began praising God. What happens when you have an encounter? You've got to praise she got praising God. She talked about Jesus to everyone. And it says that she was, oh, I can't put my finger on it. She's 84. Anna's 84. Uh, she was now 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. 
Uh, next month we're going to have a week of fasting and prayer. Scripture calls that worship. I don't know how that works. When I deny myself food, that's hardly worship to me. That's stomach growling. Worship. Why would we do that? Because we're believing for an encounter. We set aside some temporal things because we want to see him. The, the, the Magi never they got to see Jesus. The, the Herod never. The, the priest never. They kept following and we kept contending. I'm not happy with the level of anointing that we enjoyed these days. I would like to see cancers fall off right at the door. You just step onto the land and there's so much light that darkness cannot dwell there. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the day when the level, because this is what it says at the end times, how the water's going to keep rising. I, I, I want to be present like Simeon and Anna. I want to I I wait for this moment because I know it's coming. I want to wait to the moment when we can just go lift our hands in praise and wholeness enters our body. Why not? What happens? We magnify the Lord. The healer gets bigger. The, the, it gets bigger than all of our arguments against why we would not be healed. When, when, when our kids come to sit around the table before we start to eat, instead of saying, grace, 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 let's eat. We just sit down and just, just take a moment. Presence of God comes to tables. We gather in a small group and we say what we're going to do is we're going to just love Jesus for a minute. And while we're doing that pretty soon, I, we, we, I came at 7 o'clock. I said, it was our date night, so I said, honey, I'll be home at 8. I left just after 9 because, because it was a timeless moment because the Spirit of God began to move. Just like he's moving right now because some of you are going, okay. What could happen when the presence of God... Here's what happens. Whenever you get in the presence... At Christmas, when, they, when, when Jesus is in the house, gifts get released. Gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing, gifts of words of wisdom. You come into the house of God like this here, and all of a sudden, you get direction. Things that were foggy, all of a sudden, get clear. I'm not sure what your need is today. But Jesus is the answer. Would you stand with me? Because I'm going to pray for us all. And you don't need to come forward and let me put these hands on you. You can right where you are. You can create a holy of holy moments where, where the power of the Most High can overshadow you. And you may have been asking, Lord, how are you going to do it this season? How are we going to break this cycle of debt? How are we going to break this cycle of disorder within our gastrointestinal system? How are we going to break the cycle of depression in our families? How are we going to break the mental malaise? How are we going to break the dysfunction in our home? You may have that question on your mind. Just close your eyes for a second. That the power of the Most High could just overshadow you and you could get wisdom from on high. Right now, right here. Father... It's places like this and moments like this where we get direction that we could never have got on our own, but collectively the power of God overshadows us. Father, we love you.
Jesus, we worship you. This Christmas is like no other Christmas because, Lord, we're going to find you in a brand new dimension this season, this week, right now. Father, we need you because light has come, darkness has to flee. Night is just like day to you. Father, I declare today that no that darkness is no longer an excuse for anyone that's here under the sound of my voice. Father, I thank you that you continue to make ways. Lord, we just love you. We just love you. We just love you. That's worship, just saying you love him. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.